This podcast was recorded Thursday, October 27th at 10.42 a.m. Things may have changed by the time you hear it. Yeah, like all candidates for and members of the U.S. Senate will be required to release their medical records, just like Pennsylvania Democrat John Fetterman is being asked to do. Could you imagine what 89-year-old Diane Feinstein, 88-year-old Chuck Grassley and Richard Shelby and 87-year-old Jim Inhofe would have to say about that? Maybe the records could give us some tips on living long, productive lives. Or maybe something else. Who knows? Let's talk politics. This is Snolly Goster, WOSU's weekly look at Ohio politics and those shrewd politicians or Snolly Gosters who say they're fine but will not release records to prove it. I'm Steve Brown. And I'm Mike Thompson. Coming up in the podcast, early voting numbers are way up in Ohio. What does that mean? But first, the race for U.S. Senate still close, but the news is getting slightly better for J.D. Vance and slightly worse for Tim Ryan. Yeah, three polls out since our last edition. They are Siena College has Ryan and Vance tied, literally tied, at 46%. Marist College has Vance up by one point, 46 to 45%. And the Signal poll has Vance up by four points. That's the same lead the Republican had last week. Signal with a C. Yes. Of course, we like to joke about that. And the website 538 has Vance leading by 1.7 points. This is no surprise. This actually fits in line with Ohio politics. Ohio usually considered a pink state, at least. Um, So I guess a a question to you, do you believe the polls? Do you think they're right? I don't know. Um, You know, you look at the history. We were after my TV show, Columbus on the Record last week, Herb Asher, the longtime political scientist from OSU, was was wondering why are Ohio polls always wrong? Election results for governor and president have always overestimated Ohio Democratic support by at least six points over the last eight years. So is that happening now? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know either. I mean, I, right. You, we do often say that we are a pink state, but Donald Trump won Ohio by eight points twice in a row. Donald Trump, certainly a force unlike any we've seen in modern American politics. But the compilation of all these polls together gives Vance a slight lead, which I would put more weight in because, again, it's a compilation of polls. It's not just one poll. I think that would lead me to believe more that Vance does indeed have a slight lead. Yeah, I would I would guess that if if history holds, the pollsters are undercounting the Republican vote. They are undercounting the Trump vote. But Sherrod Brown won when Republicans won everywhere, everywhere else. Barack Obama here won twice. I still think this race is a toss-up, and it could go either way. I would still give the 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 advantage to if you are if I was a betting person, I would I would get, put my money on JD Vance, but I wouldn't put a lot of money on JD Vance. Yeah, because you say that polls are undercounting Republicans. Some of those Republicans, at least if Tim Ryan's strategy is correct, would be voting for Tim Ryan. Yeah, that's it. That's his goal. He's he's the Trump Democrat, right? Yeah. So an undercounting of Republicans is not. A completely terrible thing for him. Yeah. And these are likely voters. These aren't definite voters. And if people don't turn out, that could skew the results as well. Either way, it is a very close race, much closer than I think a lot of national Republicans anticipated. You're seeing all these stories pop up in Politico and the New York Times saying what a close race this is. They're finally realizing that this is a tight race and giving it a lot of attention. Um, But it's been close since the primary ended. Yeah. We do have the two official debates behind us. No gaffes, really, by either side. I've said this before. I was 
surprised at how well JD did, given his, given his lack of experience doing that. But, I mean, it's, it's not like Ryan did bad either. They both did perfectly fine, and they both hit the talking points and, and did a good job at amplifying their message. Yeah, I think it's a wash. Both candidates are relatively unknown statewide. This is Vance's first run for office. And uh, Tim Ryan basically represented Northeast Ohio. So you have to figure there are a lot of folks in Southwest Ohio, Central Ohio, who really didn't know who he was. So both candidates did a good job introducing themselves to Ohio voters. Vance maybe probably won over some some Republicans who are a bit skeptical about him and because he wasn't he didn't come off as an extremist, came off as basically a conventional Republican in these debates. So that probably helped him a little bit. Yeah. And there is still one, quote, town hall with Vance and Ryan coming up next week. That's going to be hosted by Fox News. Um, how, just, no. how, how odd is that? That the Democratic candidate for U.S. Senate is agreeing to a debate on Fox News a week before the election. That's that's just incredible when you think about it. He doesn't really have anything to lose with that audience. He has he has everything to gain. I, I think the, he, Tim Ryan has everything to gain by appearing on Fox News the week before the election. And he can come at Vance from the right in many cases if he wants. Yeah, he could, he'll he'll tout he'll he cuz not all Fox News viewers are far far right. They're conservative and there are some moderate conservatives who are watching that channel. And you have to figure that they are going to see Tim Ryan and maybe some of them if he doesn't have a gaffe or doesn't uh, come across as a as a left wing progressive that he's going to pick up some votes there. I think it's a smart move on his part. The Trump affiliated PAC is reserving ad time in Ohio. We saw that the first spending by MAGA Incorporated, a new super PAC sanctioned by former President Trump. They just placed broadcast reservations in Ohio. So far, we've seen $276,000 in Columbus and Cleveland. Yeah, that's from uh, Ad Impact Politics. So, yeah, he's putting some money here. He's putting some money in other states, trying to back the candidates he's endorsed. He's coming to Dayton a week before the election to campaign for J.D. Vance. He's going to be at the Dayton International Airport, hold a rally there. He's probably doing Te- a few Technically days. in Vandalia, Mike. They get, they get uptight about uh, that. Well, my apologies <laughs> to Vandalia. Kidding. <laughs> Just kidding to the people of Dayton, <laughs> the people of that area. So, well, you know, it's it's... That's down to the wire. It's evidence of a close race. Yeah, no, it really is. Uh, Democrats so far uh, unwilling to spend any of that real money here in Ohio. Ryan having to go about it by himself, but he's had good turnout. He's had good fundraising himself, so it's not like he's out of money. Yeah, you have to wonder if his strategy of stiff-arming Democrats is coming back to haunt him a bit, that progressives from around the country really don't want to support him, or that Democrats see that this is going to be still a tough tough race to win and they're putting their money in other races like in Arizona and in Pennsylvania where they think they have a much better shot of, of capturing those seats. Who knows? The Democrats have made this mistake in the past. The classic example is in 2000 where they pulled their money out for Al Gore in Ohio a couple of weeks before the election and Al Gore barely lost Ohio to George W. Bush and had he won Ohio, Gore would have won the presidency. We have not talked about the race for governor and we've Really won't. I just want to mention that Mike Twine still holds a huge lead over Nan Whaley, and um, so we'll we'll continue to keep an eye on there on that yeah, we, race as well. But we're seeing you know these polls show there are ticket splitters that um, right. that people who are voting for Dewine are also voting or say they're going to vote for Tim Ryan. So that's something to watch on election night. How his because Ryan is going to do better in the race than Nan Whaley will. So that means that some Republicans will some voters independents uh, will ticket split. 
We talk a lot about the election being on November 8th. It is actually election month. We have a pretty robust early voting system here in Ohio. Already more than a million Ohioans have voted. If you compare this year's early voting to early voting in the last midterm election, early voting is pacing 40,000 ballots ahead. Yeah, most of this increased activity is in early in-person voting. The absentee requests are about the same, actually just slightly down this cycle compared to 2018. But the early voting, early in-person voting is way ahead of 2018 numbers. We can talk in a second about how to parse this politically. I think people just got spoiled by COVID and I think they like voting early. I, it's it's convenient. I'm going to vote early, probably today or tomorrow on October 27th or 28th. I'm away home from work. It's simple. There's no lines. I'm not worried about 4 p.m. on election day. Oh, my God, I didn't vote. And I have to rush off to vote it when there's a line. I can yeah. just vote when I want. Yeah, I think it's Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is probably the best. People like early voting. And each cycle, more and more people do it. We got really used to it in COVID two years ago. And people are saying, Let's, I'm just going to do it this way this time. And But, you know, the Democrats tend to vote early in person. So Repub- Democrats may be uh, encouraged by that. But then you look at uh, the Cleveland.com did an analysis of county by county absentee ballot requests in Cuyahoga County, where Cleveland is, and Franklin County, where Columbus is. Requests are down. And those are big Democratic counties. And suburban counties are up. The requests for absentee ballots in suburban counties are up. And those counties have been trending Democratic in recent cycles, with the, during the Trump years anyway. I think the final answer is we, we really don't know anything. Who knows? You know, it's, it, it, we'll, we'll be parsing, as we always do, parsing the, the early speculation, the polls and the early voting numbers with the actual results after the election. But bottom line is, in the case of U.S. Senate, it's still very close. Just be thankful we don't have what's going on in Arizona happening here. That is a strange situation with people camping out front of early voting sites. Yeah. Two or three people dressed in camo carrying assault style rifles. They are legally outside this, whatever it is, 75 yard or 75 foot barrier. And they're just sitting there in lawn chairs, armed and dressed in camo, watching people drop their ballots into early voting drop boxes. And and taking pictures of their license plates. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, all the officials in, the, in Mesa, Arizona, where this was happening, are, are criticizing it, saying it's voter intimidation and you, you shouldn't do it, but they're legally re- allowed to do it, and whatever. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a strange, unfortunate situation. Uh, j- just to remind you of how the situation works here in Ohio, you can request an absentee ballot up until November 5th. The mailed-in ballots must be postmarked by November 7th. You should put two stamps on the return ballot just in case, and you can always return your absentee ballot in person on Election Day, but only at your board of elections. So you have to go to your county board of elections to return your in-person absentee ballot if you want to return it in person. Early in-person voting is at your county board of elections as well. The deadline for early in-person voting is 2 p.m. November 7th, the day before the election. There you go. So vote now. Vote just once, though. Time now for our Snollygoster of the Week award, which we give out to the shrewdest political move or politician the past seven days. And this is kind of going back to the Arizona situation, not directly, but this is people who spread disinformation or misinformation, whatever you want to call it, about voting. Yeah, there is one group of Republican election deniers out there telling people with mail-in absentee ballots they can drop them off at their polling places. This is not true. As we just said, you have to mail them by November 7th or drop them off on Election Day only 
at your county's Board of Elections. So don't believe that claim. Yeah, and in Granville, east of Columbus, there are flyers and ads telling Denison University students, which is there in Granville, not to vote in Granville this November. The Newark Advocate reports there are signs on and near the Denison campus telling students to vote where they pay taxes and to request an absentee ballot from home or to register to pay Granville income taxes. Of course, paying or not paying income taxes is not a requirement for voting. And if those Denison students work on campus or in a local store, restaurant, or coffee shop, they are paying Granville income taxes. What a country. What a country. Anyway, that will do it for this week's edition of Snollygoster. If you have a suggestion for next week's Snollygoster of the Week, please email it to us at snollygoster at WOSU.org. Until next week, for our digital producer, Michael DeBonis, I'm Steve Brown. And I'm Mike Thompson for Snollygoster from WOSU Public Media.